Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, fellow gamers out there. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a team of three dads who are lifelong gamers, and Thursdays are Twig episodes like today, where we look at This Week in Gaming by breaking down recent gaming news. Please make sure to hit the follow button in your podcast app, rate us five stars, and leave a written review. You can also consider supporting us on Patreon. You can help support what we do here, and in return, you'll get perks like a shout-out on the show, two bonus episodes every month, which run about 45 minutes each, and special status in our Discord. Support starts at 5 bucks a month, and you can sign up at MultiplayerSquad.com. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he is sharpening and honing his axes and swords to take on the demons of hell as soon as next month... It's Josh. Oh, yeah. Me and the demons, man. <laughs> we had a fallen out a while back, you know. You're not friendly with each other? <laughs> I mean, I, I keep... they. I want to mend the relationship, but they're just not making it easy. Mm, fair enough. All right. And joining us, he is learning everything he ever needed to know about zombie biology by ripping zombies apart piece by piece during the apocalypse. It's Michael. Yeah, what I've found is that zombie biology is almost identical to human biology. It just smells like snot and poop mixed. It's really weird. That's it. It looks the same, just smells very different. Thanks Thanks for the mental image, Michael. Of course. It's like if you took pencil lead and mixed it with a week and a half old mac and cheese that hasn't been refrigerated. Oh, wonderful. All right, so we have lots of news to discuss here today. We had an IGN fan fest, which I actually thought for the most part was pretty ho-hum. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, it was okay. There's a little bit to talk about here and there. I think the biggest news story that came out of it, though, is regarding Diablo 4. So we are still set for a June release for the game, but we did learn that ahead of launch, the game is going to be available in early access for a weekend from March 17th to 19th. And then also the following weekend will be open beta for everybody from March 24th to 26th. Josh, I know there's no love lost here between you and the demons. You're going to get to start fighting them again as soon as one month from today. I didn't know we were going to get Diablo 4 this soon. I didn't either, and I am stoked, man, because Diablo 4, unlike Michael, who said the Pacific Drive was his most anticipated <laughs> game of 2023. I'm going to die on that hill. I'm going to die on that hill. Guaranteed it would be that, better than Diablo 4. You know, <laughs> saying it now. <laughs> oh, man. But Diablo 4, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it, it ranks up there in the top three, maybe, for anticipated game releases for 2023. 
I know we're all very excited about it. I know all of our friends are excited about it. I cannot wait to have a rockin' multiplayer game to play. I feel like our server, we have a private server with just friends that has been dead for a while. DMZ is about the only thing where people hop on and say, hey, anybody want to play a round or two? So I'm very anxious to have a really fun multiplayer game that I know everybody is going to be hyped for. And we're finally going to get a taste. Like we've seen the videos. We've seen the preview write-ups where people are like, I played Diablo 4 for four hours and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, we're we're almost there, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how it smells. I want to play it now. Give me the taste of it. I'm super. This was like incredible news because I don't think any of us were expecting this. Everything normally launches late, you know, which is fine. We have to make the games and stuff and plans don't go through. But like the fact that this is coming early as a t- as a taste, like a teaser of it. Incre- they don't have to do this. The game's still going to sell. It might outsell Hogwarts. Who knows? I mean, maybe probably not. Is that the highest selling game of all time, by the way? What now, Hogwarts or, Legacy? Or Hogwarts no. Legacy? <laughs> no, so, no, not okay. quite. Uh, I feel <laughs> like I feel like it sold a lot of copies. Yeah, but I mean, this game is so anticipated, and for for a good reason. The last two games were incredible. I never played Diablo one because I was probably too young. I mean, it takes a decade between these games. What Diablo two was? What ninety nine, two thousand? Somewhere maybe? around there. Yeah, pretty it old. Was, Oof. I built my first computer to play that and EverQuest, and. I cannot wait. I don't care if the formula is the same with minor changes. These games are incredible. Please play it now. I'm so excited. Yeah. So when you log into early access or the open beta, they have said that you will be able to play all the way through the prologue and the entirety of Act 1. All the main quest lines, all the side quests, everything in the finished game is already going to be in there. So you'll be able to experience all that. The only thing that's maybe a little bit of a bummer is that none of your saves will carry over to the official June release. So if you do pre-order the game, everything will save from the first weekend to the second. But after that, everything's going to get wiped. Everyone will start with a clean slate in June. But given the fact that all journalists seem so excited after playing it... I can't wait for us to get that chance and be able to report back on a future Twig episode and let people know our thoughts. Honestly, you never get it right the first time in Diablo anyways. You always mess up your character somehow, so I don't mind trying again. (laughs) I I actually don't mind the whole, like, hey, it's a beta, we're going to reset progress, because it makes the game release feel fresh to me. If, If a game releases and I go into it, like, level five already... Like, part of me is like, oh, well, I'm shoehorned into this character that I started playing in beta because I've already got this progress and stuff. So I I don't mind that they're just going to wipe everything. I'll tell you what I love about this story, though, is that they're doing this at the end of March. And Diablo 4 is not slated to release until June 6th. What that tells me is that they are giving themselves time to process feedback and process, you know, technical aspects and server load and stuff like that, because they're going to have a solid two months to work with after this beta. And I actually really enjoy that because it's not like, you know, where, oh, hey, the game releases in two weeks. So you get, uh, you you know, you get to play a weekend beforehand. They don't have time to change anything. They don't have time to patch anything at that point. Like the the build's already there. So I, it, it gives me confidence that they're going to be able to take what they learned from the open beta and then make some tweaks and some improvements with that. So I really like to see that they're doing it a couple months ahead of before release. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Josh. Uh, the other thing that came out of IGN FanFest that we wanted to talk about briefly is that we did get a two-minute gameplay trailer on Lies of P, which we have talked a few times about on this show. I had selected it as like my Dark Horse surprise hit of the year. 
basically, if you're not aware of Liza P, it's a Pinocchio-based game. It's Souls-like, where you uh, are running around the late 1800s France. And, and, and the more and more I see of this game, the more confident I am that it's going to be a quality product. It definitely looks like a heavy dose of Bloodborne with a nice big splash of Bioshock and kind of putting it all together. And I'm just getting more and more excited the more I see. What, what do you guys think? I, I agree completely. I was watching this trailer for Lies of P. It's the whole thing is they announced the release date. That's kind of, I think they even called it like the release date trailer. Um, we just had 2023 before. Um, so they did confirm that it's going to release in August of 2023. So it's like, okay, that's not that far away. And then they were like, Hey, we're going to show some game footage, you know, again on top of that. I really like what I am seeing. Um, it's funny because I recently played Steel Rising and the setting in Steel Rising seems very familiar to what you see. Like, I don't know if this is, you know, France or, or old world England. I, I, forgive my Americanness, but I don't know the, like the, <laughs> yeah, the architecture <laughs> in the genre. You know what I mean? As far as that goes, but it's like, it, it looks very similar. But that was one thing that I actually liked about Steel Rising is I thought the, like the setting was neat. And so Lies of P has a very neat setting. The combat looks like it is going to be top notch. Um, I never got to play Bloodborne as much as I like the Dark Souls types games, but you know, so I feel like, ooh, because you're not the first person that said that, Paul. I've seen a lot of people say I'm getting really good Bloodborne vibes from this too. Um, the story is bananas. I love the whole like they've turned Pinocchio into this, you know, killing machine and, and you've got <laughs> Geppetto. There's hints at like Jiminy Cricket and stuff like that. We're seeing like flame blasts and different arms on Pinocchio and stuff. So this developer has not been shy about showing their game off. And, and anytime a developer does that, that tells me that they are super confident in what they have made. And, and so that gives me confidence that this game is going to be great. I think that the trailer is set up so well also because you don't see Pinocchio's face until like the last third, fourth of the of the trailer. You just see like this mechanical arm, you see all the fights and stuff, and they do this kind of like power scroll with the music, and you're like, you know, I can get behind this character. He looks incredible. Um as far as the game, I don't know. I don't know why I'm probably the only one of this group that this kind of turned me off a little bit. The graphics look amazing, the game looks amazing. It's just like it just looks like all the other Souls-like games to me. It's a steampunk, France or England, you know, 17th century looking. I just, I don't know. I'm like i I'm excited to play it. I like what they've added to it, though, with the Pinocchio idea. But is it just, how much is that going to carry the difference between just like, oh, it's Bloodborne. Oh, it's still rising. It's yeah. just, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm exhausted from these games somewhat <laughs> i very well could be wrong but i kind of get the sense that it's going to be a little bit more accessible to the masses than something like bloodborne bloodborne is incredibly difficult it's crushing same like all the dark souls games and whatnot if liza p is just difficult but it kind of splits the difference between modern gaming which is so easy and something that's soul crushing uh maybe they'll find that nice sweet spot where maybe that'll kind of be the new thing where it's not just so technical but it's giving you a dose of technical along with that dose of fun that's what i'm hoping for because i'm not as crazy about the souls games um but this is one that i just can't wait to see more i think especially the enemies and the boss design it just seems so artistic i really love that mm. touch this game seems to have like a unique flourish artistically 
and it that really draws my eye. The flourish is that's that's like the best word, Paul, because yeah, in the video they showed a new like terrifying boss enemy robot looking thingy majiggy, and it's like, but at one point like Pinocchio is you know wailing away on him but he he like jumps up or like rocket blasts his way and then the camera kind of pans with him as he's yeah. jumping over this like 15 foot tall robot thing and that's like where i think we're we're getting little glimpses of some of like the 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 artistic touches and the flourishes like you said about this is where this game is going to go a little bit we still have zero clue on lying yeah. <laughs> it, like in this yeah. game, like I mean, at one point in, in right. a little snippet, they put like liar on a coffin. Remember that part? Yeah. Like in three trailers ago or whatever. And I, I would imagine that it, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, the developer said lying does is an aspect like it's a mechanic in this game. Don't know what that means yet. So I feel like this game's going to have a lot of stuff that they're not even showing yet as like mm. this really nice surprise. Like, hey, our gameplay and our combat is tight. You know, as far as that goes, but we've got some surprises in store for you, too. I think you're 100% right, because they can't show every card by February, and the game doesn't come out until August. So I feel like they've been giving us a lot of gameplay, but at the same time, not giving us everything. So I think we're going to keep getting more and more down the road. And I just can't wait until we get some more dark takes like Dumbo, right? Like, wh- like what's right. coming down yeah. the pipeline? <laughs> Rampage, Dark with Lion Dumbo. King, like what? Oh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. It does kind of <laughs> seem like in this trailer, like Geppetto might be a villain in the game. It's really interesting the way he's there is a weird face off. I, I yeah. actually got that vibe for the first time where yeah. I'm like, wait, are they at odds with each other? Because he's got this, hello, son. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And Geppetto says something like, we finally meet after I created you or something. It's like they haven't even seen each other. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. It kind of sets little mysteries that are going to be fun to figure out. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break here and we will be right back with more multiplayer gaming podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, and we have highlighted a couple of streamers in our last few episodes here. And Michael, we have a streamer of the week here that we are continuing to highlight. 
Yeah, I want to remind everyone to go check out Dave Guy with an underscore at the end. Don't worry about writing it down like last time we talked about. We'll put it in the description below. Uh, Minecraft stream- streamer who is incredible. Very unique stuff um, as far as just his artistic builds and you know using a mix between like technical builds with beautiful aesthetics. Uh, it's just really interesting stuff. Like I could watch him for hours and just stare at it and be like, I, I didn't know you could do that. I don't play a lot of Minecraft, but I watch a lot of Minecraft. Now, uh, he does claim to have the world's longest surviving half-hearted hardcore world, which uh, Josh said last time is crazy. So go check out his craziness. That's an achievement right there. And there's a lot of people that play Minecraft. So, you know, that's that's saying something. (laughs) It's impressive. So kudos, (laughs) kudos, Dave guy. I should also mention that he streams on Twitch. I don't think we said that last time, not on YouTube. So go to Twitch, check him out, give him a like, a subscribe if you like his business. Uh, He does a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. And go let them know in the chat that we sent you over. That way other people can maybe learn about our podcast, too. (laughs) All right. So moving on to our next story of the week, Dead Island 2, which I love that they uh, keep putting in all the headlines here that it's been pushed up a week. Keep in mind that this game got delayed over 10 years and also like four months, but now we've pulled it back a week. So I think that's really funny to, you know, kind of uh, celebrate this. But we won't have to wait quite as long for Dead Island 2. It's now going to launch on April 21st, which I think is really exciting. This game is very highly anticipated by a lot of people. I think particularly people who played the first one. And the game has already gone gold with pre-orders two months before release. I don't recall. Did either of you two play the first Dead Island? Negative. I have not. No, I got a conf- remember I got this game confused with the other game with oh, the like electric zombie. wheelchair lawnmower oh, thing or uh Dead Rising. Dead yeah. Rising. That's <laughs> it. I love yeah, Dead Rising. Dead- Is it Dude, the one in the mall? Yes, in the mall. I love that game. It's I put a, a Lego one. head one time and ran around. It was great. That is one that I played a little bit. I've never played Dead Island. And what's funny, I mean, we should give Paul credit here because Paul has put Dead Island news in in probably <laughs> 10 of our show docs. Yeah. And Michael and I just never say like we we always pick something else. But I'll tell you what, Paul. I've I've watched the videos that they have put out. I saw this video that they did on the Flesh system and some of the more recent trailers. This game looks like it is one of those games that is just stupid fun, super enjoyable. And, you know, it's like one of these, like, you are going to love every minute that you're playing this game. Don't expect a crazy story and plot and all that stuff. But man, are you going to just giggle the whole time you're playing this game? Yeah, I. it looks pretty incredible. I think the graphics look great in the trailer. It's interesting that they start off their release, um, their little release public announcement, that little Twitter video they put out, with literally just a bunch of Twitter comments, people saying, are you ever going to release this game? Please release this game. <laughs> and they're like, heck yeah, we're releasing it, and you get it a week early. And I was just kind of entertained by that. But th- this game, like a week early for something that's been in development this long, I'm trying to find out. I've been, I've been looking through like what is taking so long on this one. Um, you know, if it was something where they just had to tweak the the system or if their, you know, their engine wasn't working right, I have no idea, but I'm excited to play it. I can't wait. Yeah, the first game came out 12 years ago. So this is quite a gap before getting a, a second installment. It was just stuck in development hell for forever. Like they announced this game, I want to say somewhere around 2014, maybe even earlier so it's just been stuck for such a long time in the creative process but i i did want to talk a little bit about the flesh system that josh had mentioned 
This is something that they did release some video on a couple weeks ago, but since we didn't get a chance to talk about it yet, it's a pretty ingenious way of incorporating gore into a zombie game. So basically, long story short, the way it works is instead of creating a zombie with specific body parts that can like be dismembered or fall apart or something like that, they created their own procedurally generated system where if you hit a zombie, it's going to only create damage exactly where you hit the zombie. So if you hit him in the collarbone, maybe the skin is going to split and you'll see a collarbone sticking out. And guess what? You can keep whacking away at that collarbone and all of a sudden now you're going to be able to break through it. And so the, the, the trailer for the flesh system, look, I'm not one to get squeamish in zombie games <laughs> or to see gore. This is actually like, looking pretty realistic and super graphic where you see a guy like hacking away at a zombie and not to get too graphic, but as you're working your way through like ribs and anatomy, Mm -hmm. like it's pretty gnarly, man. (laughs) We always talk about or wonder what like the next innovation is going to be in gaming. And could this also be something that is such a unique concept that works really well that you end up incorporating it into shooters and things like that later on, just an actual flesh system. So it's really interesting that this, this dev team has decided to do that. Uh, and I, I think it's, I just, I want to check that out probably more than I want to check out even the game. Like, how is that going to work? You know, keep hacking away at this collarbone, you get down more. It was disgusting, <laughs> but still interesting. Paul, you touched on it before we started recording, but it's, it's things like this that tell me that a developer cares about their game, right? Yeah. Like they could have just, Hey, I shot the zombie five times. It falls down dead. Y- you know, yippee. I'm alive kind of thing. And it's like that, that would have been just fine. You know, that's what most zombie games do. Um, a recent for me anyway was the dead space remake. You know, you shoot a limb, the, you know, the skin falls off. You shoot it again. The bone breaks and the monster falls down, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, these little touches are oftentimes the things that really make a game stand out. Now, this flesh system in Dead Island 2 looks incredible. Will that carry the game? No, because no. if the gameplay sucks, then who cares, right? right? But if the gameplay is good and the mechanics are good, and then you throw on top of that this labor of love like, hey... We have this system in place where it will, and it's, they've said it's procedurally generated damage. And the really cool thing about that is it's not just a slash here, a slash there. I mean, we've all seen like boss fights where it looks, you know, the boss is getting more and more haggard or scarred up as the fight goes on kind of thing. Like this system is so in depth that it takes into account the type of damage. Like they, they went on for several minutes where, the damage if you are using a bladed weapon or a sword looks different than if you're using a sledgehammer. Yeah. You know, and, and like to me, that shows that they put effort into something beyond just, hey, let's make something that people can spend money on. And I really like the fact that they're so passionate about this, and especially with killing zombies, man. Like, that's pretty cool. Really and they passionate went on to about say, zombie killing. <laughs> You know, we just we went to the point where it's like, hey, if you want to turn this thing into jello, you can do that because like, why are we going to artificially limit this system at that point? You know, and like, but that's great because sometimes if I just got done surviving a zombie horde, maybe I want to make survive or zombie jelly at that point, you know, to just relieve like some tension. 
<laughs> I just don't want to hack in and hear like a shoulder blade bone crunching. Like oh, I don't want to hear oh, that. You're gonna oh, get it. Oh, you're getting oh, it. Oh, oh. See, that's the difference between me and you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think those zombies really... come after me. There's no remorse. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going to add to the immersion. And I think the example I had used when we were kind of chatting earlier. Yeah, it's not going to carry the game, but this could push a game that's like a B plus into A minus territory when you have just something that's a little bit new and seeing different physics. I think here is great because how many times have we shot zombies in the head? You know, you do it 10 million yeah. times and it, it does get a little bit stale. So I think here, especially when there's so much of a focus on melee, it's going to be pretty awesome. Did you guys also see the fact that the game is incorporating voice commands called Alexa game control? Yeah, I don't, I don't like my Alexa <laughs> that's in my kitchen. I want to break it because my wife got it and it tells yeah. us when, like, I just like, I just wonder if it's going to be as unreliable. You're like, Alexa, turn on the music. And it's like, do you want to hear news about Joe Biden today? And I'm like, no, I said music. <laughs> like, I can see it doing that, but it's an interesting concept. I love the fact that you can use it to say things like, Alexa, where's the nearest workbench? Like, that's the right. specific example they had. And then the game will give you navigation to go find it. They also said you can get the attention of zombies. So you can literally yell, hey, zombie. And then it'll turn its head to you and start charging you. So we just said not long ago, why do more games not incorporate voice commands? And this is one that's actually doing that. Yeah, that's I love this other aspect of it. The Alexa thing I'll never use. I don't even have an Alexa in my house, you know, as far as that goes. Like I'm with Michael like that. It's just kind of annoying. But let me yell into my mic to get zombies attention. And now you've (laughs) added a layer you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, dude, this is so cool. I can insult this guy. I can I can tell a mom <laughs> joke to the zombie, and then he's going to come after me, and then I get to bash him. Yeah, like, eat that sword with your collarbone. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's just like that's adding to this fun. Everything about this game, and we have not talked about Dead Island 2 very much at all, but the more I start to look at the videos and the more I start to see the systems and the trailers and stuff, all I think about is fun. Like, this game just looks fun. I don't know anything more than that, and maybe it's not, but maybe it really is. But I, I'm liking what I'm seeing in the fact that they're incorporating all these different things. I'm just, I'm just gonna run around yelling at zombies with just pick any Arnold Schwarzenegger quote. You know, <laughs> I hope you left enough room in your stomach for me to put my fist in it. <laughs> just yelling at these zombies. Uh. Yeah, don't bother my friend. He's dead tired. Like, just pulling out all the one-liners. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <great>. <laughs> all right, we got a couple minutes left here. The last news story that we wanted to cover, it's not really so much news as it is just like an observation by journalists. We are getting a total of five new Lord of the Rings games between now and March 2024. All right, so we're talking about a release window of one year, five titles. That means on average, we're going to get one every 10 weeks. The very first one for release that we already know about is Gollum, which is probably going to come out in the spring or summer, but we don't have a date yet. After that, we have Return to Moria, which we have talked about. It's the co-op dwarf game with base building underground. That's going to come out before the end of the year. We also know that there's a free-to-play RPG called Heroes of Middle-Earth on mobile. The other two we don't know very much about. In fact, the fact that they told us there are five means there's one game that's not even announced yet. This is a lot of Lord of the Rings content, guys. And frankly, I'm not very confident that any of these games are going to be big successes. I know we're all kind of out on Gollum. I think Return to Moria is the more interesting title. 
But do you guys fear this is maybe just too much mediocre content, or are you maybe more bullish than I am? Uh, just remember, just like you said, one of these games is Gollum. So yeah. really, they're releasing four games because I don't. But I don't Gollum's really like the biggest. About that one. That's like the biggest buzz and the biggest hype out of the five so far. Uh, are people are saying that they want to play it. Well, it's in the news it's, a heck of a lot yeah, more than Return I, to Moria. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I obviously they're trying to capitalize on their Amazon show, and that show is doing pretty well. Like a lot of people watched it, and they'll keep going with it, but. I don't. I just. I'm not excited about these. Return to Moria is the only one that I'm like that could be a unique idea. I Return to Moria could be great, and I think uh, even when we did our our 2023 anticipated games, I think I said that's like my dark horse where it could actually be legitimately a ton of fun. I mean, if if it's Valheim but underground with dwarves in the Lord of the Ring universe, that's a smashing success in my opinion. But we just don't know that much. My hope for Gollum. I, I mean, I'm not really into like full stealth based games. I like a mix of stealth with combat and stuff like that. My hope is that the last time we saw something for Gollum, it looked terrible. But we said that about Hogwarts Legacy at one point when they we had did. a trailer that just didn't look that good. Remember, it was like, dude, the textures are muddy. Like, why? This, this is not looking very good, guys. And then the game came out and it's like, oh, okay. So like, maybe that's with Gollum too, where it's like, you know, maybe it comes out and it's like, dude, this game's super fun. Like that would be great because I'd love to dive in at that point. But I am with you in that I'm not real optimistic about these, man. Most the only Lord of the Rings games that have been super fun and successful, in my opinion, have been the Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor yep. series. I did not get to play the old real-time strategy one, Battle for Middle-Earth, that everybody raves about. So uh, and, uh, Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Everybody says, oh, dude, that's the best Lord of the Rings game ever. But I don't even think you can get that game anymore. You know? No. So it's like we don't, you can't. we don't have this history of like really good Lord of the Rings games. Now, I did play Latro, which is Lord of the Rings Online, which was fun for a little while for as an MMO. But I just don't have very high expectations for any of these, man. I just I don't want to sound negative, but why now? Why are they putting out five games in 2023, 2024? Because Gollum got delayed like two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's accidental. You know, but like that's it's it's a lot though. Like they're putting a lot of money into this. It takes a lot of money and time to, you know, investment to make a video game. And to do this much now? Like the, the movies came out a long time ago. The show's a hit, but it's not, you know, uh, a lot of people are comparing it to the, you know, uh, House of Dragon, which blew it away. I just I wonder why now and like Josh said none of the games are like incredible except for like the Shadow of War, Shadow of Moria, uh Shadow of Mordor, sorry. And and Lord of the Rings Online was fun, but like that's it. Yeah, there were some games that accompanied the movies that were pretty good, but the Lord of the Rings games are such a mixed bag of hit or miss. I feel like Star Trek games tend to be pretty bad. Star Wars tend to be a little bit of a mixed bag, but they tend to lean a little more good, I think. Lord of the Rings games are kind of right down the middle. They're either complete trash or they're pretty darn good. Yeah, I I feel like out of these five right now, I'm not confident to say that I think any of them are going to be a resounding success. I, I think Return to Moria is the most interesting personally. But even when I watch that, I don't get the sense that it's going to be like uh, one of the top selling games of the year or anything like that. But if you love Lord of the Rings, I mean, I guess there's nothing, nothing to complain about. You're going to have plenty of stuff to look into at least. 
The problem is I do love Lord of the Rings. And so when a game isn't great, then it's kind of like, guys, you had this like perfect IP. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you, all this lore and all these characters in the setting and magic and monsters and all that, like, how, and then you blew it. You blew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a disappointment when you don't see it work out. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up everything here for This Week in Gaming. Thank you to everyone for listening to the episode. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you do want to join them and help support our show while getting those extra episodes, you can do that at MultiplayerSquad.com. And make sure to follow us on socials. You can find us everywhere at MultiplayerPod. Come say hi and toss us a follow on there. And uh, make sure to come back around for a short quick take episode on Saturday. And then Monday, we will have our Hogwarts Legacy Deep Dive And I feel like this one's pretty highly anticipated. I think the people are very curious to know our thoughts on it. Yes. I'm curious to know my own thoughts on it. I was going to (laughs) say, we we never talk about our thoughts on a game before we record. And so I'm very curious to see what you guys think of Hogwarts Legacy. I think it's going to be really hard to keep that episode under an hour and a half, but we're going to try to stick close to an hour. (laughs) I mean, the game is packed. There is a lot of different things to do in that game. I'm just going to cast Arresto Momentum on you, Paul, if we go over an hour and ten minutes. I want a full full ten minutes devoted to astronomy and telescopes and constellations. Yes. (laughs) Merlin Trials. Yeah. Each one individually. All right. Well, make sure to come check those out. And next time, uh, happy gaming. That doesn't make any sense. We'll see you next time with our eyes as you listen to us. Uh, This is Off the Rails. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Happy gaming. We'll be watching. Thank you so much for listening to our show. I love you all. Cheers. All right. See you, everybody.